All right. Okay, okay wait. Before we start, can you hear, can you hear my <laughs> yeah. kid in the background? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, this will be that, that episode we squeezed in despite everything. I mean, this is the episode that we're talking about trying to do stuff with babies anyway, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Morning, Matt. Hello, sir. How are you doing, Stephanie? Uh, Stephanie? Oh, man. <laughs> I haven't heard that since junior high. Stephanie? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah most by mistake? Or? Well, yeah. No, most adults don't uh, pick on a name anymore. Oh, I have little nicknames for everybody. You'd be surprised oh, that don't okay. th- that don't have any like intended meaning or anything. Right. So, uh, how's cool. it going? How's the week? Uh busy. You know, life. I don't know. I squeezed in some game time. That's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what ones? Uh, <laughs> ones? Are you kidding? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, still playing Metro Fusion. Um, oh, yeah. I know you. Uh, you implied you weren't a huge fan i actually like it so far i mean i think it's interesting because it bills itself as metroid 4 when really it's clearly not like it doesn't aim to be the same like big entry in the series as the previous three but uh i don't mind that i mean it it's got a kind of some silly little gimmicks but it's kind of interesting i don't know it's a metroid game whatever i haven't played many uh metroidvanias or you know, platformers at all lately, so it's nice to yeah have something easy to just jump into again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a, another one that I keep meaning to try called um, Axiom Verge. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Uh, apparently really good. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Fusion was okay. Uh, I just didn't feel that it was as good as Super Metroid or even Metroid Two. Um, I I didn't quite feel the sense of gravity that was in it. Right. Um, and the thing that really made me annoyed was just the fact that uh, there's this story element that it keeps interrupting the gameplay with. Right. I thought that might be it. Um, I I did take note of that since it is a big departure from the way the previous games were doing things. But I don't know. I mean, I I also liked 2 and Super a lot more. But um, the story is interesting to me. It's just a, a different spin on things. I can dig it. Um, it's... I don't know. It's the whole like collecting the energy from all the enemies thing is. I don't know. It's just like Zelda. If you play enough Zelda games, they start to get really gimmicky. Like the, like I just played uh, Phantom Hourglass, and like all the mechanics are weird, and the Phantom Hourglass itself was weird. And I always tend to like the predecessors before they get all gimmicky, but at the same time, the gimmick doesn't necessarily destroy it for me. So, uh, I don't know. I'll withhold judgment until I'm a little farther. I'm only about two and a half hours in, but uh, so far, yeah, it's good. Grab yeah. and play game. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, it was a, it was a busy week for me. I um, I went away on a three day business trip to Edmonton, um, which also meant that I didn't have a baby around. So, uh, considering Edmonton is a is not a very uh, pedestrian friendly city, I couldn't really easily get out and explore without uh, having rented a car from the airport. Um, I opted instead to spend my evenings playing video games. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Well, at first I decided to just be lazy and and watch TV because I haven't done that in almost a decade or so. Ten years, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and, uh, reaffirmed my belief that I hate cable television. Uh, Deal dealing with advertisements and stuff is just 
stupid in my opinion. It's like it's did. funny because you pay for the cable subscription. Yeah, and you still get ads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like you just yeah. start getting into the groove of the show, and then they interrupt it, and it's like, uh, okay. Oh, it's brutal. I yeah. guess I'll change the channel. Oh, I guess this is just the exact same. So, I guess I'll turn it off and just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have not had cable since I left my parents' house. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah, same. Um, but no, I, I so I did get some time to to play through um, from start to finish uh, to the moon. Okay, awesome. Which uh, thoughts? <sighs> well, I I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. It just begs the question of whether or not it's a game. Okay, because it's it's um, to me. To me, a video game, and it's it's a tired argument of like whether certain things are games or not. And to, to me, it's like if you don't have conditions for winning and losing, you can't call it a game. It then just becomes a toy. Uh, Fair. So so that's that's what the game was. You like you can't lose the game. It's but it's it's like a three hour uh, narrative story. So you know it's it's like an interactive book or something. Um, so there's there's not that there's anything wrong with that, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to like rate it as you would a typical game. I see, but it was enjoyable. I see. Cool. Uh, the cool. Mu- the music in particular was really well done, and and it was a it was a story that uh, I didn't completely see the hook until about three quarters of the way through and uh, it was it was enjoyable and non-traditional and considering it was like made an rpg maker i'm i'm reading that now yep. yeah um composer uh laura shigihara uh kind of an internet name that bounces around yeah it was it was weird because like there was a, a few people in the credits but most of them had like an alias of some sort instead of an actual name so okay um i guess that's it was you know i i can't speak what the budget was but i'm guessing it was non-existent <laughs> well rpg maker yeah rpg I see, maker I see two and names then, listed total on the, <laughs> on yeah. the page here for the team yeah and then the the people that worked on it had an alias so they clearly weren't uh, counting on it being uh, professionally important to them cool that's their fourth game i, I don't know it sounds like they're serious about it to some degree <laughs> yeah <laughs> would well, you recommend it yeah yeah, it's, I mean, especially since it's just a, a, I beat it in just over three hours, and I think the average is around five, so um, I don't know exactly how they squeeze two extra hours out of it, but yeah, it's uh, worth checking out. Cool. I'm curious what compelled you to add this to your list so high up, particularly. Uh, so, you know, I don't even re- really remember why that ended up on my list. Um, I think what it was is last year uh, I started... After I'd finished beating my last game of 2014 or 2015, whatever year it was, um, it's 16 now, right? Something uh, like that. Almost yeah. done, I guess. <laughs> okay. So yeah, at the end of 2015, I had a Reddit post where I listed a whole bunch of my Steam games, and I basically asked for advice on which games I should be playing next. And uh, so I got a whole bunch of suggestions, and, and some of those ended up slipping off the list throughout the year as I, I came up with other ones that I wanted to play at the moment. But I think just because this was such a short experience, it, it managed to not get cut. I see. I got it. Yeah, something you can slip in in a business trip. Something yeah. you can, you know. <laughs> that's how we uh, prioritize games now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, probability so we can actually finish them. Yeah, so I started and finished that, and then um, because it was kind of a travel week for me as well, I was also counting on reading um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Oh, yeah. And I got about a third of the way through that book and absolutely hated the way it was written. So um, I stopped reading it, and instead now I've started playing uh, the, the uh, Fire Emblem Birthright. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, the book's on my list, uh, as I think I, we talked about yeah. at some point in the distant past or something. Um, yeah. I, I can't really comment. I'm aware of it. I don't know much <laughs> beyond the uh, yeah, reputation it's, that it's precedes w- it. Yeah, that's the thing is it's got a strong reputation and, and where I went to animation school like in, we were doing like character development and stuff, that was something that had been recommended to us. Uh, so it's been on my to-read list for years and I finally planned on starting it this year and got, and got around to starting it and just, uh, I, I don't get it. Um, the, not your thing? Yeah, not my thing. Um, but anyway, uh, Birthrate, on the other hand, uh, absolutely loving that so far. Sweet. Well, awesome. It, d- it does have a downside to it in that the, the difficulty, I don't think, was balanced particularly well. Okay. Um, uh, remind me, can you give me a little background on the game? I mean, it's, it's a so, 3DS so it's, game? Yeah, 3DS, I think it came out last year. Um, okay. And it's... It's part of the, uh, I guess, Pokemon style of gameplay where you s- they sell multiple versions of the game and you've got to decide which you're going to get or if you're going to get both of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so it, there's, I think, three different versions of the game, two physical versions, which I, I got, and then there's a, a third one that kind of like completes the story once you've played both of them, and I think that's only available for download. Okay. Um, so I'm playing through Birthright, which is kind of recommended to be the starting point because it's easier. Um, but I guess you could story-wise start on either of the, the two physical games and it doesn't make a huge difference. But I feel like the, the um, difficulty, and I'm not the only person that's complained about how difficult it is, uh, wasn't necessarily done as carefully as it could have been. Because I've played the the previous games, well, some of the previous games before, so I started off on hard mode. There's, like, normal, hard, and insane. <laughs> Interesting for a strategy and, game. And so I got four battles in, and I was at a point where you've got, like, some NPCs up at the top left corner of the map, and you start off at the bottom right corner of the map, and you've got to, like, get to your NPCs before the uh, the enemy slaughters them. Okay. And it's just, like, I was just beelining it, and I could not get there in time before the enemy would just like critically hit the enemies uh, the the allies npc and kill them and so it's just like okay well <laughs> if i can't physically get to them before they're dead then, <laughs> and this is the normal mode not even or sorry this wow. is hard mode not even insane it's like so they probably took <laughs> like all the metrics of the normal game and just cranked them even if yeah. that uh didn't even result in something possible i guess that's kind of well it's it's like they boosted up the critical hit and stuff and it's like because you playing where it's i was playing with the permanent death or whatever so um you know when a character dies i want you can't just restart from that turn you have to restart the the entire battle so i restarted four or five times and i was just like enough of this 
uh, and I restarted the game on <laughs> on the normal difficulty, and Brutal, it's disappointing man. because I got to the same part of the game in like 20 minutes because it was just like super easy in comparison so mm. it's annoying because i've got the the option now I, I either play it on easy difficulty and i can enjoy the story but not really get much of a challenge out of it or i can right. play hard mode and just be like completely frustrated with the, the challenge and so gotcha you know i've never been a huge fan of like difficulty levels for this kind of game. I mean, I don't know. It's okay in like Mega Man 2 and stuff, but yeah. uh, I don't know, a strategy game. I, I, I like it when it's a well-crafted progression. Um, yeah. Of your earlier levels that kind of teach and so forth. And then as the game goes on, it eventually gets difficult versus like having to make that choice right away. Because in all honesty, I'm probably not going to play a strategy game more than once. Uh, yeah. Certainly not unless it's years apart. So, yeah. I mean, why be faced with a... a difficulty like having to choose what difficulty i want right from the start i'd rather just one experience that goes from kind of a teaching to a uh, you know in a, in a gradual warcraft yeah. way a very difficult experience later on yeah but that's just me i don't know yeah and i'm i think it makes sense to an extent with a game like civilizations or something where uh, there's no story behind it and so people are more inclined to play it again and again yeah, Civilization. I mean, that's that's a high replay value game, whereas a crafted story type game like uh, yeah. Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah, it's like less once so. you get through those stories and you, and you kind of see like the plot twists and stuff, it's not as exciting the second time through. So, indeed. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I'm. <laughs> how far along have you? Uh, or rather, how far back do you go with Fire Emblem? Because I played the first game and that's it. So I'm totally. I don't even know uh, what it looks like anymore. I. I can't remember if they re-released the first one, um, mm, but uh, so I started possibly. with the, with the Game Boy Advance. So it was like uh, Shadow Dragon or something generic right. titled. Uh, um, do you remember so, in like? Do you remember <laughs> in like 1998 when like Nintendo had their series and Atlas had their series and whoever else had their series? It yeah. was very easy to go and enumerate all the games in the series. Like yeah, there was five Final Fantasies. There was five yeah. Fire Emblems. There was six Mega Mans. You know, and now it's just like now there's like thirty <laughs> Final Fantasies and, and a million Fire Emblems, ten billion Mega Mans, twenty million Street Fighters. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, this, these series just go on forever, and that's cool. Yeah. But it's if you're a completist, you know, forget it, right? Yeah, I, I had to give up with Final Fantasy uh, at some point. Like I Final Fantasy is out of hand. Yeah, um, like I played Mystic Quest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. as as far as like non numerical ones, I think Mystic Quest Tactics and Tactics Advance are like the only non numerical ones I played. Um, uh, and, then, and then once they started making numerical ones be like MMOs, I, I ah, stopped, that's weird. I stopped playing those. <laughs> that's so. so weird to me. Yeah, I mean they don't even maintain this consistent. Well, there's no canon anyway, I guess. But like yeah. mainline series, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wild. So, yeah, so I played... Uh, I hated 8, I hated 10. Uh, enjoyed... Was 11 the multiplayer online? <laughs> um, 11 was, and I think 14 was. And Okay, uh, so, I so I skipped 11. I enjoyed 12, but 13 had such abysmal reviews, and by that point I had amassed a massive... Uh, backlog, so I just never bothered to buy that one. 
Got it, got it. Yeah, um, I was quite a devout Final Fantasy player until 8. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had such a hard time with 8. Had such a hard time getting through it. I just yeah. never played any more. And uh, I did go back to 8 and finish it like way, way later. Um, you tried I, 9 at one point, didn't you? I've, pl- I've played 9. I've played 10. i played 11. Uh, I probably played 12. 12's the one... You kind of your characters just run around on their own, right? And you're like in the desert. The guy is yeah, you, blonde you're, hair. Yeah, you're like blonde Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, right? Uh, I <laughs> yeah, I played up till twelve, I'll say. Um, but we're talking like maybe one hour of each. Um, eight is the last one. Actually, no, nine is the last one I really poured any time into. Nine, you know, everyone told me like I know you hated eight, but nine is like it's like the old series again. It has the same guys, blah blah blah. But I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. It just didn't really work for me but i'd be willing to give it another chance i enjoyed a lot of elements of nine um i think they did pay a lot of tribute to the old games but i didn't necessarily enjoy the character design and i didn't necessarily feel the story was happening at a quick enough pace interesting Uh, i think for for me i wasn't really looking for tribute to the old games i mean it can do its own thing that's fine but what i miss about the old games a lot and i feel i don't have a lot of uh uh, allies here. People don't seem to feel the same way, but I liked um, the uh, the ability to craft your characters more so. That was it was very present in the old games, like especially in uh, one, three, and five, where you could switch classes. You could, yeah. um, you know, you'd have someone be a class for a while, and they'd build whatever abilities, and you would switch yeah. them into something else. And I thought it was really interesting as the game went on to to craft your party in the direction you wanted to take it, and then that would affect your strategy moving forward. And I, I can look at those games and say, oh, that was done really interesting in an interesting way, but Maybe if they tweaked it, they could do it this way and it'd be an even cooler game. And yet, yeah. the series never really explored that. It went cinematic with 7, and then they never looked back, right? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that aspect of tactics. For me, 5 was really spoiled uh, because I was playing that on the PlayStation, and it was incredibly buggy. So that was crashing for me, or like freezing all the time. So I absolutely hated playing 5, and I don't know how much of that is just because... Uh, the game mechanics and how much of it was the freezing uh but for me four and six were always the favorite for me uh and and they had really strong narratives but there was definitely a lot of customization in in six with letting your characters do whatever yeah interesting um i recognize the strength of the narrative of four and six there there are certainly more crafted experiences than say three or five but um i for me i always liked three until six those four games and seven i liked seven it wasn't it didn't hit you know the high notes for me but um three and five i recognize the stories are abysmal compared to four and six but i like the two games in that they're they're similar if you play both and they're both very almost strategic yeah. and since such a huge portion of those games is really just grinding and fighting and stuff yeah yeah um i don't know i i think the games come out better when they focus on making that portion of the experience interesting for the player hmm. it, it's too bad they never came up with a game that did both perfectly like i mean imagine the narrative well i mean for, with for me that's well that's done tactics. strategy element yeah, tactics is a very different. I mean, I love tactics, yeah. but uh, it's a different I style suppose. of game. But for yeah. for me, where they had like the good job class utilization and a good story, uh, that that yeah. game did it for me. Yeah, I agree. I just I don't think it it uh, exemplified the genre, right? right. I mean, you didn't genre. have yeah. I guess everyone calls them JRPGs now. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, so I guess along those notes, uh, into what we were hoping to talk about today, uh, these games are obviously way beyond what our kids can play and will be playing anytime in the near future, I imagine. Uh, and personally, it's a, beyond my ability to uh, contribute time into a game now that yeah. I'm a parent. Uh, but so I'm curious, uh, I, I remember reading an article on Kotaku uh, a, a long time ago about one of the writers saying, like, when is the best time to get their kids playing video games? And there, I guess it's kind of a contentious issue. Like, there's a lot of people that feel that uh, ga- kids shouldn't be playing games. Uh, and I don't know, like, the Penny Arcade, their philosophy was basically, like, uh, computers are... Useful and a huge part of our lives. Why would you limit <laughs> your kid's exposure to that? Right. And this writer on Kotaku was basically saying, like, uh, as soon as their kid could read is when it's time to play games. Um, so what's your thoughts on the matter? Um, have you introduced any sort of gaming to your offspring yet? <laughs> so really interesting question. Um, it's also interesting timing. There was just a uh, an article, I forget where it was, um, but uh, talking about this consortium of doctors getting together and coming up with a solid um, kind of objective based on research uh, conclusion about how much digital media you should expose your child to yeah. until such and such an age, um, which I read and don't really remember, actually. Uh, I remember it was an <laughs> hour a day. I just don't remember how long that was supposed to be, like, until they're three or until they're five or something. Right. Um, regardless, personally, what I always do is I think back to my own childhood and I think of the restrictions my parents placed on me and whether they were helpful or not. Mm. Um, and also, I mean, as a young person, we probably all did this, but I did everything I could to circumvent this, right? Yeah, like yeah. my parents go out to the store and immediately hop on the games and they don't know, right? Or oh, yeah. Like my parents, believe it or not, let me have a, a television in my room, which I had right by my bed um, growing up. So literally like as soon as it was bedtime i just go and start playing video games until like 4 a.m every single day <laughs> um and i had all these tactics to to like hide it <laughs> obviously yeah, I mean, yeah, i'm yeah. listening to it at the lowest volume and i knew that the light put a shirt against the, the door <laughs> yeah through the crack of my door so i put a towel up against the door and then uh I remember my parents one time my mom I, she must have heard me so she came in and was like complaining that i was playing games at night so I had to improvise in the towel because she would open the door and see the towel there. So oh, I'd yeah. like put a sheet farther back so that I had time to jump up and grab it. It was, it was ridiculous. But um, <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting at is that, I mean, I just poured tons of time into this. And I think ultimately it was, it was a great motivator for me growing up to yeah. get into technical things, to get into more kind of artistic things yeah. and, and take the direction I've taken in life, which I don't think... And even learning a second yeah. language for you, right? Exactly, exactly. Like it's, it's influenced me in so many positive ways, and I really can't think of any negative ways. I, I understand there are people who are affected negatively yeah. who spend their whole life just sitting there in front of the TV playing Grand Theft Auto for their thousandth hour or, or whatever, yeah. right? But I think um, all else being correct in that person's life, uh, I, don't, I think I trust the individual to moderate their own game time appropriately. Yeah. Um, I say that with caveats at obviously right um i mean as a parent if i see my own child maybe on the right track and then kind of skewing into into too many games which is affecting them in so and so way i think at that point i could you know step in and have the conversation but i've i've always been very critical of of um attempts to put a a hard 
scientific cap on game time or or even not just video games but say film like i mean i grew yeah. up loving film i could sit down in front of the t- television and watch like five movies in a day and to some people that's like oh he's just watching tv all day for mm-hmm. me i mean it was i was absorbing these stories and like yeah. learning about filmmaking it was a very different thing than you know clicking through i don't know whatever you know cupcake wars for 10 hours <laughs> right so i mean i know it's a fine line but i'm i'm quite in favor of uh uh I guess unlimited exposure. Yeah. At this point, at least, I mean, my daughter is a year and a half old. It's, it's very early um, to make that judgment, I guess, but to bounce all the way back and answer your original question about what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) um, So she certainly takes interest in anything digital. She loves iPads. I turn on the TV and play some games. She's totally like zombie turns into a zombie on the spot and stares. So um, I don't, like if it's my turn to take care of her, I don't just turn on video games and play. But yeah. there's been times where I I decide, you know, I haven't played a video game in a, a, quite a while. Um, I'm just going to sneak away for a bit and play whatever, you know, Super Nintendo for half an hour. Mm. And she's around and running around and she'll kind of come in the room and see. And I'm like, cool. You know, I kind of try and get her involved. I give her a controller and maybe if it's, if it's serious game time for me, I'll leave it at that. But if I'm just kind of screwing around, maybe I'll give her the player one controller and kind of show her like when you press the button look mario jumps or whatever i've done that a few times and it's hard to say if she really gets it but she's definitely kind of seeing that when she presses buttons on the controller she's able to manipulate what's on the screen yeah so i'm very slowly easing her in and trying to really at this point gauge interest um like it seems to be there i mean with an ipad i'm sure you're you've seen this in your own child but like you hand them an iPad or a phone or something and they just go crazy pressing yeah. the buttons. I mean, they get it. They see that what they're doing is is causing changes on the screen. So she can see that with these video games, which for me tend to be older systems, right? Super Nintendo yeah, yeah. and whatever, where it's very obvious, right? You press the button and Mario jumps, right? Yeah. Whereas, I don't know, like I was playing Geometry Wars. Is that not Geometry Wars? What's the other one? Uh, Super Stardust. Um, in her presence at one point, I handed her a controller. And I don't know, there's just so much going on in the screen. Yeah. It's not so obvious, yeah. what what the result of your button pressing really is like the yeah if you the, don't know to be looking at <laughs> your at like the center of the screen or whatever yeah and i mean it's a it's a dual stick shooter so like right. there's already it's not quite bullet hell but there's stuff everywhere flying all over the place like she yeah. pushes the right stick and i don't even know if she's registering that that's making this little ship shoot so i think depending on the game there's certain games that uh better um make that connection and i'm i'm I tend to put those games in front of her a bit. Uh, so that's about as much as I've done so far. Um, I haven't really given her much in terms of uh, exposure to like cell phone games. Um, it's an interesting idea, but maybe it's just because it's not something I myself am super duper interested in. Uh, it's not a place I've gone yet. Yeah, it seems like it's it's totally a, a weird issue with modern games like that. Or, or I, I actually haven't tried putting a console controller in um, my kid's hand yet. Um, but we we did eventually let him start discovering stuff on on our iPad, or not an iPad, but uh, I've got a, a Galaxy Note ten point one. Or uh, <laughs> that's not the one that explodes, right? Oh, that's no, no, a, that's, that's, that's a Note seven. All that's right. the one I I got for free on Twitter. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, we started off, we used that as just, like, a white noise machine. And eventually, like, he sees us turning this on and turning it off, and he wants to, to interact with it, too. So we would let him. And then we figured if he's going to be using this, we should actually get some sort of a, a kid's app for it. So we, we started off um, almost a year ago, probably, 
um, letting him use, uh, I think the first one I got was something just called like ethereal uh, instrument or something. Um, I so don't... like a music game? Yeah, so it's like it's like a, a it's it's called uh, ethereal dial pad, and it's basically you can touch the screen and it'll make music, and then as you draw your finger around on the screen, the the notes change, and it oh, draws cool. it, it leaves like a line on it behind you. So it was like s- s- there's no rules for this. It's like a toy that you can just interact with, and so he enjoyed doing that because it's like y- you move your finger and it reacts. Um, so he enjoyed that, and then over time we started uh, introducing other stuff to him. Um, it was, it's funny because I had super super hexagon on my phone, uh, and so <laughs> can so he beat I, anything, any he, levels. He can't beat anything, but he can last about five seconds longer than Andrea can. <laughs> awesome! It, but does he legitimately like get? No, what's going he's, on he's just like. It, it, He's just touching it, and he he knows that there were rules to it because it would constantly be like playing and then ending in the voices, game over or whatever. And then so he would start handing it to me and watching me do it because he understood that I can play it longer than him. Awesome, yeah. Um, I've seen some of that. I've seen some of that with uh, with like Mario World and stuff too, where like my daughter will just hand the controller to me, and we yeah. taught her like baby sign language. I don't know if you've done anything like that, but not intentionally. Yeah. Okay. Well, she pounds two fists together to mean like more. Please yeah, yeah. Give me more. Yeah. So she'll hand the controller to me and then do that, and that's like excites me so much. I'm like, yes, she's like, she wants me to play this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the yeah. same thing, right? I think. I mean, she she recognizes that her own actions are not progressing, whereas yeah. when I do it, something different is happening, and she's observing that process. So. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, it started off with stuff that was super simple like that, and then we eventually got uh, a program called Baby Blocks. And it's okay. just like there's there's like three little holes will get generated and then it places down something like a fire truck or a, a suitcase or something and you just have to drag it to the hole okay. and then uh, it'll make a sound and uh, glow a little bit when you get it right. And once you get all three of them, then you get a little celebration screen with like balloons that you can touch to pop. Uh, and so at first he was like really you know, had never seen anything like that in his whole life and, and was picking it up kind of slow. But he's, like, today, he just blazes through that. Like, he just immediately can find something and, and make it through. So he's happy with that. And then we've kind of graduated onto a, another one that's got, like, the alphabet. And when you touch the stuff, it makes sounds. So that one's called um, Endless Alphabet. Cool. Or Endless ABC, rather. And, and yeah, it was like kind of the same way. Like it was slightly different mechanics to it. So when he started off, even though he knew the baby blocks, he wasn't exactly a pro at this one. But eventually, uh, like you touch like the T the and it's just like <laughs> And then so you drag that up to the letter T and it and let go and it, it pops into place. And when you f- complete the word, then the, the voice says the word and these little monsters come and like act out a little skit based on the word. And so he loves that. And awesome. yeah, uh, there's, there's a, a couple of different small apps like that with, that we've just let him have. And he'll play that for like 15 minutes straight, which is pretty good for his attention span. Have you found it's actually like has he learned the letters through these games? Has he actually learned he's, things and applied them outside of the game? 
You know, I'll be honest, like there's recommendations that you don't let kids watch TV and stuff. Uh, and and we have, we've got a, a couple of different YouTube channels with baby songs uh, that we let him listen to. And I've been surprised at how he starts picking up stuff. Like he, he sings along with some of the songs. Like he doesn't necessarily know the words, but he does know the rhythm. Right. Uh, so he'll, he sings Ba Ba Black Sheep and uh, Rain Rain Go Away and uh, if it's a happy <laughs> awesome. and you know it, he claps or stomps his feet or set, shouts hooray. And he, he is at the point now where he's able to, to get a good number of letters and shapes and uh, numbers. Um, and I, to be frank, he's picking that up more from the YouTube and from these apps than he is from me. Like I, I am reading, but I'm not necessarily like sitting there with a, a chart telling him the numbers and letters and shapes. Got it. Got it. Just to uh, set some context here. Um, how old is your child? Uh, he will be two in another month and like a week or something. Wow. The big 2.0. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and huh. so every kid ages differently too. Like some kids are super into learning to talk early, and he's always been more interested in learning physical stuff. So he's like quite strong and like climbs on stuff, and and he's into like playing with anything that's like mechanical, like that has buttons or switches and stuff on it. But um, so he's he's now saying a lot of words, and he's always been able to communicate what he wants just by pointing and and saying uh, yeah. this or that or whatever. Um, but so it's it's pleasing now seeing that he is starting to like really connect a lot of words together all of a sudden. Very cool, very cool. And uh, back on topic, are you, yeah. do you do you credit some or any of that to uh, the the learning games you've? Yeah, I, I legitimately do. Um, like head shoulders knees and toes like he's he's picked up like a lot of body parts and and stuff like that and i i do have to credit for that because like if i'm reading i'll like point out like what animals are and what they're doing and stuff but i don't tend to focus as much on like body parts and the alphabet itself got it got it interesting yeah we uh we haven't gone that route at all um i just never thought of it to be honest like learning games um mm. i mean we 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 also do the youtube video thing and then we read to her a lot and um so she's picked up a lot of words just from books yeah which is great of course but uh games i don't know I, i've been my thoughts where i would uh uh i'm not sure actually what i want to do if i want to like kind of start her at the kind of the dawn of gaming or at least yeah have her experience reflect my own you know like here's the original stuff i grew up with and and so on or if i want her to kind of be more in touch with <laughs> what's happening now or if i want to do both at the same time like here's kind of what's out now and this is what your your eventual friends will be playing and yes yeah, it's, it's hard to know with that because it's like what i grew up with yeah I've, I've got like the same thought process like uh, i'm i'm kind of interested in like exploring what what was the history of film or what was the history of music or the history of games and stuff but it's like I don't know how in favor I am of that. I feel like for music, it makes the most sense because you can really see a clear progression in a quick period of time of like how the blues developed into rock and metal and, and stuff. And you don't see that in film and games? You do, but I feel like early games and early film weren't as engaging Really? At least in my opinion, like, I don't know, like, if I want to start playing with, like, a lot of the, the Atari games and stuff, like, that, 
I, I didn't get introduced to that until after I was introduced to other stuff, and I have a really hard time going back to that. And, like, early uh, black-and-white films and stuff, like, a lot of that I, f- I feel is just not as enjoyable as a, uh, stuff from, like, my childhood, and maybe it's just because it was my childhood. <laughs> but, I think that's very possibly a big part of it. Yeah. But... Because, I mean, for myself, my experience is very different. Although games, mm, yeah, I, know, I, I always felt, and this, this is me having grown up in the 80s and early yeah. 90s, I mean, I always felt that the original Nintendo was the first system with, like, great, repay, great, ah, great replay value. In, and, and that's, and that's when the gaming industry kind of exploded, right? Is like... It is, it is. And I can't, I can't honestly tell if that, how much of that is nostalgia. Like, I'm sure there's people that just pine for the Atari days, right? Which I don't yeah. at all. And I can go back and play an Atari game and kind of have fun with it. But yeah, it's a very different experience than uh, many, especially newer games that I, I very much love. But yeah. I think um, whether one wants to claim that uh, the experience is as valuable as that of a modern game, going mm. back to, say, at least the original Nintendo era and Super Nintendo era, I think there's a lot of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like the roots of, of what yeah. you see in modern games were built in that era. Right? Yeah. And a lot of the franchises that so – a lot of those franchises have kind of gone on the wayside, but still a lot of franchises that continue to have relevance now, really that's when they were built, right? Yeah. Not so much in the Atari days. So, And film, I mean, I could – maybe it's a digression of the topic, but mm. film, I mean, I personally grew up loving like 40s noirs and, and – uh, uh, 30s monster movies and foreign films of the 60s and 70s, you know. A yeah, lot of, and, I, and I never really did get into that even after, like, <laughs> getting an education <laughs> in film. So. Yeah, yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. But, I mean, I, I I think watching that era of film, I mean, I would never argue that it's better because, I mean, it's it was a more limited medium, right? Like, you can do all of that now yeah. and more. So, I mean, you can't argue that as, like, a industry it was it – was, superior technically but i think with the constraints they had there's just a different style of filmmaking yeah that was necessitated by that and then i mean it's really just a matter of whether you like that or not right so you don't i do yeah that's fine but i think i do think there's value in maybe going back and looking and seeing kind of the influences that were built in that era that continue today yeah i would apply that to games and i would apply that to my my own child at the same time i guess my point the point i wanted to get at um what i the approach i take or intend to take, I guess, with my daughter, uh, with everything, is to kind of gauge interest and move in the yeah. right direction. I don't want to push her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is so what I, I was just going to say is like that. That kind of yeah. goes back to your comment earlier about playing video games uh, at all. Like, yeah. I don't feel there necessarily should be a limitation, and I don't know that I'd necessarily want to push in a specific direction. Exactly. Like there, there was another person that had written in, uh, had been, I don't know, interviewed or something on Kotaku at one point about how they are forcing their kid to start at the beginning of gaming history and work their way forward and it's like i i i can certainly appreciate that and understand how it could be beneficial but i also don't feel like recreation needs to be yeah. forced and it's <laughs> i like, don't know if they use the word forced but that's... right but it's like if you know he's not allowed to play uh um Katamari Damacy until he plays like Final Fantasy One. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I f- I feel like I'm gonna be trying to be just open and like if he sees something and he likes it, I can have suggestions and try to encourage him to try other stuff. But 
I don't know that I necessarily want to force them to be like, okay, it's Atari year, let's play Atari games. Yeah, only. yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like I want to show and potentially guide, but yeah. I mean, if, if my daughter has different ideas, then I'll readjust, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, I can say, like, here's what I grew up with. Here's what's out now. Let's. Do you want to maybe play these older games with me? I'll show you kind of the history of gaming, and we can go through some of the classics and uh, try that. And if she says yes and gets bored, well, we'll readjust. If she says no, nah, I'm not interested, then yeah. I might still say, well, this is what I like. So you know, this, this you're is sitting over there, nerdy, and this is my day. Toy. Yeah, you play that. <laughs> I'll play this. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I guess I agree. I don't. I don't like the idea of forcing anything on anyone. And I think. I mean, when you think of it, like. I don't know about you. You know, I, I'm this kind of big 80s nerd and yeah. a lot of that is nostalgia. But the reason I'm an 80s nerd is because when I grew up, I was absorbing 80s pop culture. Yeah. Right? I didn't have my parents saying, look at this awesome stuff from the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, ha- I'm better off for that, right? I mean, yeah. the 80s were arguably this ridiculous, you know, over-the-top time. But I think it was the perfect time to have a childhood, right? When yeah, none yeah. of that mattered and you just – you could absorb the ridiculous whatever cartoons and video yeah. games. Um, and – it's very different than now, and I don't know how much of this applies, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that to my daughter, right? Like, I actually, I know people who have kids, and all they watch is 80s cartoons, yeah. and all they play is old Nintendo games. And part of me is like, yeah, you know, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. The other part of me is really strongly thinking, like, when your kid starts school, and all the other kids are like, yeah. I've never heard of anything yeah. <laughs> you're talking about. What, you is, know, what is the yeah. Super Mario Brothers Super Show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, and I think also it's not just a matter of like putting your kid out of touch with reality. But yeah. He's missing something. He or she is missing something, yeah. right? Like uh, there's, there's great in each era, and by, by failing to let your kid explore what is there Current. in the present is yeah. – uh, yeah, kind of unfortunate. Yeah. So I would augment my child's experience with yeah. what I grew up with, but I wouldn't do any forcing. Yeah. Yeah. If if they happen to be playing uh, some castle, well, I guess Konami doesn't make games anymore, but if they start playing uh, the the newest Metroid or whatever, it'll be nice to be like, oh, let's... Uh, let's go back to Super Metroid and uh, see what this 2D format is like. <laughs> and maybe yeah. they'll just be like, man, how do you play these non-VR games? <laughs> uh, Back to the Future too. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, I forget the exact line. Yeah. yeah. You use your hands? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, exactly. I think, uh, well, it's weird for me though because, I mean, growing up, as you know, even now, I, I'm always into the past, into yeah. stuff that's old. So even when I was in grade one and two, like my, I inherited an Atari ST from my grandfather. Yeah which was already like, you know, garbage, old computer, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I just love the thing. You go in and like hack stuff and, and like everything was so, I don't know, in your hands kind of. Like I could look at a game and understand everything about it because it, the scope of the game, it was small enough that I could do that. Yeah. So um, I something about older, obscure things always appealed to me. So I, I think I'll have to work to not push that yeah. that idea onto my daughter. But Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, looking at the, uh, what, five different recordings we've got going here, it looks like we've <laughs> done close to 40 minutes or so, which is yeah. well above our half-hour time that we, that we attempt for and never reach. And speaking of having no time to play games as adults, I, I barely have time to do a podcast, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm coming up quick on my allotted uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, freedom box of time. Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, yeah that was part of the downside to... Me well, I guess I shouldn't say downside, but that was part of the deal of uh, 
uh, a trade of me going to on this business trip this week is I'm supposed to be looking after the the kid all weekend. So uh, I, I should get I should start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. All right. All right. Well, well it's uh, it's interesting to to hear. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to start getting a, a controller into Laz's hands at some point, and uh, you should uh, check out some uh, some apps for. Uh, uh, I actually start. I took some notes as we talked. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I I'll let you know how it goes. We'll you should do a follow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there may have been some technical issues that forced us to like pause and, and record about eight different times. But uh, all in all, I thought it was a good conversation. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Vagabond Gamecast. And uh, see you next time. All right, man. Till next time.